Praise God. God is amazing, isn't he? Amen, amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord. I want to share a word with you tonight. It's a word. It's an old word because King David already preached it. I'm just re-preaching it. <clears throat> so get your Bibles out and go to Psalms 18. Psalms 18, verse 1. The title of this message is tonight, Light My Lamp. <clears throat> I thought I had it, but I got the old song wrong. Remember that old song? But it was give me oil in my lamp. And this is, but this is light my lamp. Okay, Psalms 18, verse 1. It says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Hold on. I'm not reading it right. Hold on. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Amen. I mean, it don't get any better than that. OK, so. The, I'm going to go through Psalms 18 and also through Psalms 19 tonight. I'm going to pull out some things. I'm going to show you what uh, will bless you. But this right here, this when David writes this psalm, he starts this out and he's giving you a revelation of what you can have. Hear what the Spirit of God's saying to you tonight. God can be your strength. He can be your rock. He can be your fortress. He can be your deliverer. He can be your strength. And he can be the one who you trust. Now, you know, it says the horn of my salvation. But if you look up that word horn, what it really means is the power of your salvation. Okay? Because it's a horn. You know, the bull's got a horn. You don't want to get stuck with the horn and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So just think about it. this is a revelation God's trying to say through the through David's being a psalmist, prophetically singing here, prophetically writing this by the spirit of God. He's trying to say, this is who I want to be in your life. I want to be your strength. I want to be your rock. I want to be your fortress. I want to be your deliverer. That's what God's saying that he wants to be. That's the revelation we all should shoot for. Okay, that's the revelation we all should shoot for. Now, you may wake up one morning and you feel weak and you don't feel the horn of your salvation, but you still are working towards this revelation of walking in every day, being able to rise up, walk outside and say, Lord, I just thank you, man. You're my horn, my salvation. You are the strength of my life. You're the you're the rock. You're the fortress. Lord, I just thank you that I know that today everything looks bad, but I'm, I'm everything's going to be OK because I'm protected in the fortress of God. Right. But we all know that we always don't walk on that level where we should. But we should be always striving to get there and then go higher and go higher and go higher because we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Right. So the Bible says you don't get it all. Wouldn't it be glorious if you just went to the front, you got saved, pastor hit you on the top of the head. And then all of a sudden you'd already gone through the whole sanctification process. You were ready for heaven. Right. But it doesn't work that way. And we, you know, and you have good days and whatever. But we should be sitting here saying, Lord, like this is the refrigerator stuff. Right. 
This is where the goal is you want to get. You say, well, oh, uh, we're going to do a five-year plan. Where do we want to be in five years? I want God to be stronger in my revelation that he's my fortress. You see what I'm saying? This is what you're shooting for. So David put this up, Psalms 18, 1. He stuck this out here and said, this is the goal. This is where you want to be, all right? Now go to verse 28. So he said in verse 28, for you will light my lamp. I mean, that sounds kind of country, doesn't it? <clears throat> you will light my lamp. The Lord, my God, will enlighten my darkness. Okay, so right here, you got to understand something. He's saying this is a goal you want to get to. God is your fortress, right? But you're going to have to you're going to have to walk through some darkness, some hard things, some trials, some tribulations, some issues. Right. But don't be worried because it's God who will light your lamp. So what you need to notice here is that, first of all, there's darkness, but God can enlighten you in the middle of darkness. You don't have to stay in darkness. You don't have to say, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand. No, no, no. God wants you to understand. He says, when he enlightens you, look, at when he lights your lamp, this is what happens. You can run against a troop. How about this, all you older folks? I'm included. <laughs> By my God, I can leap over a wall. I mean, you know, that's got to be supernatural. I ain't leaping over nothing. That is the Holy Ghost there. If, if y'all hear that I leapt over a wall, y'all got to say, that is the Holy Ghost, because pastor ain't leaping over nothing. A brick, one brick may trip me. All right. As for God, listen, it can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. Everybody say his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. That word proven right there, it means it's like refined and purified, like can't go wrong. He is a shield to all who trust in him. So the second part, the first part is David saying, this is the goal you need to shoot. But you're going to have to get through some darkness to get there. But don't worry. God will light your lamp. And when he does, then you'll be able to leap over a wall and be able to go on out there and say, hey, I, I, I'm getting this revelation. I'm walking in this revelation. Man, I can see, I can see where I'm going. Okay, now go to Psalms 19, 1. Psalms 19, 1. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Now, if, you know, if you're a, 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 a person who builds things or does little projects and stuff and, and, and let's say you really work, like let's say, I don't know what, I don't know what example, you know, you do woodwork, you're building bird boxes or something, you know, you're building bird feeders or something like that. And then, you know, you started out and you had a few of them and then, then, you know, they didn't really turn out just like you thought they were going to turn out. And so they didn't really work right. And you kind of pitched it over to the side. You didn't just really get rid of it. You just kind of set it over on the side. Then you did another one. And then you finally got to where you got really got one going good. And then someday somebody came into your shop and said, oh, what are these? And said, oh, well, that's just some things I did that. You know, that's my handiwork over there. Just, you know, you follow me? God says in Psalms 19.1 that everything you see around you, this amazing things in this world, is just his handiwork. It just took him six days to do it. So if that's just his handiwork, what's, what's the real work look like? 
Okay. Now it says the heavens declare the glory of God. Now, I don't know if y'all been outside before sun comes up and you have seen the stars lately, but they had just been glorious since that front blew through and step out there and you can see just, it's just unbelievable what they're doing. Shooting stars everywhere. I mean, it's just been unreal. And, and I was looking up this morning, even praying and I was just, I got, I got tickled to think about how the, the scriptures tell us that, that God put the stars up there like, like we would draw the curtains. And I thought, well, Lord, you know, that's kind of crazy because you know how the sun's changing now, the seasons change, the sun's changing. So, you know, I, I got, I, I moved my easy chair around because I'm trying to get, always avoid the sun. And I'm in a spot right now that just as it's set, it comes right through this one space in the glass and shines right in my face, you know. And I got to tilt my head way over to the side to catch the edge of the door to try to keep it out, you know. And so if I get up to go shut the curtain, I mean, I just grab it and whoosh. And so I, I thought of that and I looked up in the heavens this morning. I was like, really? You just went whoosh. Like you shut the curtains. And there it was. And when I'm looking at it, it is so amazing, so awesome. And that's the God who says he wants to be my fortress then what in the world am I worried about? That God that just drew the curtains and put all those stars out there wants to be my fortress, my high tower, my rock, my defender. Whoo, man. His handiwork is everything you see out in the, in the world and all the, the, the unusual plants and animals and everything else. That's just his handiwork. Okay, so David's carrying this thought on. Here's the goal. Right. You're going to have some issues you got to work through, but he'll light your lamp, show you what. Just remember, this is where you're going. Right. So now I'm going to throw just a New Testament scripture in here, because what does the Bible tell us in Second Corinthians 10, 4 and 5? It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So what David's trying to say through Psalms 18 and then over to Psalms 19 is he's trying to say, look, look at this is where your goal is. But there's going to be an enemy come against you in your thinking and he's going to get you to thinking. So much that other things you quit looking up and seeing how awesome the sky is. He's trying to get you so worried about everything else that you stop looking at the majesty of God, the glory of God, the greatness of God. He wants you to get, get so Focus that you, you just want to make it through the day, not get to the fortress. And so there's this constant battle of casting down the arguments. There's a constant battle of something trying to take you away from the knowledge of who God is, how great he is. It's always going on. It's always taking place. And if we want to get there, well, then what we have to do is we really, 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 really have to stay on track. Now, go to verse 7. Psalms 19, 7. Everybody say the word. Say the word three times real fast. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Do it one more time. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Psalms 19, 7. Now look at this. It says the law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The law of the Lord, right? Could you not say the word of the Lord? Right? It would be the same thing. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise and simple. Testimony of the Lord. Would it not be the word? Could you not say the word of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul? The word of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, 
Okay, again, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The commandment of the Lord, the word. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous and altogether. So then David, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Do you, you have to realize all the things that amazes me is when I read through the, through the you know, the, the Old Testament and looking through the prophets and the psalmist and, and, and the Proverbs and everything, and they're always talking about the word, right? But they had no idea in that day that we would have this in our hands. <laughs> I mean, the Apostle Paul, imagine he wrote these letters. I mean, what if you did? Do you all write letters to people that you want everybody in the world to read over and over again? I mean, if you write somebody a letter, you don't usually think that, you know, it's going to get put in a book and be the bestseller. And billions of copies or millions and millions of copies sent out and everybody's going to read your letter that you sent to the church. He didn't write it. I know he didn't. He was not sitting in prison writing the letters saying, you know, someday this is really going to get read by a lot of people. Okay. But they're always referring to the word. So the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The law, the, the word of the testimony of the Lord is sure. All of these can just be changed to the word. The word of the Lord is perfect. The, the, the word of the Lord is sure. The word of the Lord is right. Y'all with me? The word of the Lord is pure. So now he's given us a, a way that we're going to have to keep our thinking straight. How are we going to keep our thinking straight? Yeah, the word. How blessed of a nation we are. Not just a nation, how blessed of a world we are that we have a Bible. Imagine, imagine not having a Bible. And so here it is. This is what this is what he shows us. He says, look, this is the way you're going to keep the enemy down is the word. Okay, that's the way you're going to put him down. Now. Go to verse 12. 1912, Psalms 1912. Who can understand his errors? Now, wait a minute. If you look at that, the his is not God's heiress. That's your heiress, my heiress, right? So then he prays. Okay, so who can understand his heiress? So then here the psalmist, David, he's sitting there saying, okay, you know what? I'm telling you what to do. I'm showing you what to do, but I was going to tell you, you're going to make some heiress. Right? So you shouldn't feel bad when you make an error. You should just be smart enough to know that when you're in error, you want to get out of error. So David tells you what to do. Cleanse me from the secret faults. Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sin. Okay. When you look at the word secret faults, it it literally means to hide something. Right? Presumptuous sin means prideful things that you won't you won't change because it hurts your ego, your pride. All right. I saw something today that I just thought, can this be? Can this be true? There was a official, and if you saw the article, I don't want to call names because they'll just chop me off. But uh, but there was an official who said that they could not believe that any person out there in the United States today would vote for the Republicans. And at first I thought, 
how did they get a misquote here? You know? And they're like, they're the ones, and they listed all the things that they did, and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought that was you. But you know, you can stay in a presumptuous sin or a secret fault long enough telling yourself a lie till before long you believe that the lie is true and then before you know then you've turned internally warped okay that's a dangerous place to be and when I heard that today and I thought about that I thought my goodness either way that's really bad because either that person is so deceived they've lied to themselves so long they can't see any truth or they're just trying to lie and then they went home and said man I pulled a good one today I throw that out there let them see what they can do with that Either way, it's wicked. But here we go. I don't want to be in that camp. And so the only way I know how not to enter into secret faults or presumptuous sin is I know that I have to lay my heart on the altar of God every day. And say, Holy Spirit, show me. And then you know that when he does, (laughs) then you have to do something. Right? then you have to do something because if you don't do anything and I don't know, it may be you had to start it out with a secret fault and ended up with a presumptuous sin, right? In other words, you had a secret fault and the Holy Ghost said, Oh, Hey, you want to know? Oh yeah. You need to stop doing this. And you're like, no, I mean, I don't know. Then you just entered into presumptuous sin. I mean, you can look at it that way. It was a secret fault that turned into a presumptuous sin. Either way, the goal is to keep your heart clean. So he gave us this lineup out of Psalms 18 and 19. I encourage you, man, go, go read both the chapters. But read them like as if they're, you know, there's no, no division. Just take 18 and then when you get through with 18, just fall right into 19 and read those two passage scriptures and look at all the things that it says in there, what he's trying to help us to defeat the, the, everything that's coming against us in the knowledge, that's stealing the knowledge of God. And keep us going right. And he, then he boils it right back down to, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word, it's the word. Amen? Amen? And take those two Psalms and read them. And man, you'll just be amazed at what God will show you. You'll be amazed at what God will do. Amen? Amen. So look at that person beside you and say, that's really good. So I want to pray for you. I want to bless you tonight. And you got some homework to do. You can go read Psalms 18 and 19 before you go to bed. And uh, get those in your heart. So let me pray for you. Let me bless you. And then you can get back to eating your cake or whatever you're doing. So, Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' name that tonight, Lord God, that the hearts of the people are open. Because, Lord, we don't want to be in secret faults or presumptuous sin. We don't want to get over into an area where we're so deceived that we cannot understand and, and walk with you because, Lord, we want that goal, that very first goal of Psalms 18.1. We want you to be our rock, our fortress, our defense, our deliverer, the stronghold that we can run to, Lord God, and you're always there for us. And so, Lord, I pray tonight for each and every person that, that Lord, you light their lamps so they can see through the darkness and find this path of life and get on it and walk with you. Lord, if they're short of oil, I thank you for them to get hold of oil of the Holy Ghost in their life. So they got a lot of time that their lamps burn. But Lord, I pray tonight that there is a a yearning in the hearts of the people to just know you and to be with you. I ask you to bless their lives, bless their businesses, bless their finances. 
Lord God, you said everything that we'd put our hands to would prosper. And so I ask you tonight, oh God, to bless them exceedingly abundant beyond they could ever even think or ask, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.